Boom. Hey. <laughs> Seer Novel Podcast, episode 105. We have Michael Watson from Freestyle Comics. What's going on? Oh, nothing much. Another another busy day to get started off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you have Hotshot as your comic, but what do you do besides, you know, that? Oh, I guess what do I do besides that? Uh, <laughs> I published the seven other books at Freestyle Comics. Um, I work with, uh, say, around 20 different creatives uh, to get those books to happen. Uh, big supporter of the indie community. Uh, I do a podcast called Chat uh, Chat and Draw, another one called Agents of the Nerdy, uh, which we're remodeling right now. Go to comic book conventions. Uh, I'm a day job. I'm an art director. Uh, <laughs> Very cool. <clears throat> where are you? Where are you an art director at? Oh, a place called uh, Mind Research. Mind Research. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm married. I have four kids. Uh, I collect toys. <laughs> you sure? Well, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, working on Hotshot, working on Vigilance, Heroes International. Uh, we got a couple crossovers planned that we're working on. Uh, we just funded our our sixth Kickstarter for Green Zone, a, a brand new book um, we that we'll be releasing. Um, prepping everything for the Vigilance Kickstarter because that was the month before, and now we're getting ready for uh, Spider Squirrel number three to drop on Kickstarter. Um, we and uh, we've been we've been pretty busy. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> of, of your collection back there, what, what, what's your what's your favorite what's, what's your favorite collection piece or co or group of collection? Uh, the Holy Grail right now is the Razor Crest. Ooh, that big! <laughs> that's that's the Grail right now. So been looking for that one for a minute. Nice. And uh, what's what's your uh, do, you, do you know what your rarest thing is? Like, do you have something that's like super rare? Uh, probably the Balrog from Lord of the Rings. Uh, Ooh, the, the it's like two feet tall, four feet wide, electronic. <laughs> <laughs> is it like autom uh What is it? Those the, the things that like Chuck E. Cheese? What the hell are they called? The, <laughs> the yeah, back there. Oh my God, it's huge! Yeah, I can see it even on this screen. <laughs> Uh, Walmart wouldn't sell it, and Target wouldn't sell it because it looks like the devil. I had to get it. At, uh, I had to get it at Comic Con, and I didn't know they were releasing it at Comic Con. I just happened to be walking by, and they said we have like 20, uh, 20 Balrogs that we're selling right now today. And I knocked down like seven, seven-year-olds for it. Nice. It's like my proudest moment. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm super proud of it. Um, what what a convention was it at? Oh, this was back in Chicago. This is a while ago because I was I was looking for it. I was like, why don't they have a Balrog? They should have a Balrog toy. Like that thing was the greatest thing ever in Lord of the Rings, and and Walmart and Target refused to sell it because it looked like the devil. So I was like, oh, well, I'll never get one of those. And then um, and then I saw like I was walking at the show, and this toy company had this fully electronic. Like sound effects, lights up, everything, ball rolls. That's awesome. Like, well, it's been a good, it's been a good weekend, so I can, I can grow this money on this. 
That's so cool. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Like that—that that is like one of the most epic, like creatures that has been made in probably like the last twenty years on like on the, the big screen, where you're just like, holy, like, like that, yeah. that's definitely, yeah, that's definitely one of my like that's. It's also like one of the most recognizable scenes too. Like that's why it's so cool. Yeah, I tried yeah, to um, the wings. I've had it for a long time, so my wings are damaged, and I was I ventured to look up to see if I can get another one uh, to replace the wings. It's it's so expensive, and I was like, yeah, that won't be happening anytime soon. Yeah, you had to find a uh, what's it called, uh, like a toy toy fixer up or like those collectible um, collectible. Uh, oh, damn, yeah. it, it, I forgot what they're called, but there's like there's people that specifically repair collectibles. Um, but, uh, you know, cause that's something that, yeah, you definitely want to keep something like that around. Like, that's so cool. Nice. Now, now I'm all sidetracked on the collectibles. What, 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 <laughs> see, what, what were we talking about? Oh, the hotshot comic. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us, tell us a little bit about that. Oh, hotshot. He is a young man in college trying to win back his girlfriend without telling her he's a superhero. Um, but then also not get kicked out of college because he's never there because he is a superhero. We are uh, <laughs> 12 issues in, 0 through 11. Um, 11 just came out about a month or so ago. Uh, I'm working on the uh, 13th issue right now, which is technically issue 12. Um, we're in the Unforgiven story arc. It's a four-part arc where Hotshot is questioning his heroic ability, and it's tied uh, to his past, to some childhood trauma uh, that he experienced and went through after he just recently failed to save a young man and his son. Um, our uh, the book I try to ground it. I try to ground it in based on as much as reality as I can um, for the story of Hotshot, um, while mixing on top of it this super fantastic you know superhero story uh, on top. That's cool. Very Actually, cool. I have something like that in my comics in like the future because we're it's actually around like near the 12th issue too which is kind of funny when that happens but um he what, like looks as if he's like a hero or whatever what's your um what, what, what were some of your main uh influences for this comic because i'm looking at it and i like the characters are awesome I'm looking through the uh the covers right now oh influence are abound in that comic book i love uh I love Geekdom. Uh, probably the biggest influencer would be Spider-Man um, as of recently and lately after completing or getting into the Invincible series for Image Comics. Um, we got a lot of Naruto uh, in that as well. Um, and a little bit of Wolverine uh, or whatnot. So, but Ryan Otley was a complete uh, driving force every, every month a new issue of Invincible would come out and he would uh, motivate me without even knowing that he was with his amazing art and what they were doing on Invincible to put out, uh, you know, the best book that we could put out for Hot Shot. That's awesome. Invincible is definitely like an insane series. Like I, I never saw the comics. I just, or never read the comics. I just saw the, uh, the Amazon series. And like that, that was like the, that was such a cool thing to see because that's something that, um, not, not to like the degree in which that series ends, but uh, in our comics, like, you know, we, we like to keep a little more realism in it, right? Like some, some of the really old comics, like, you know, the action comics, and then probably for like the next, you know, 20 years after that, a lot of the comics had like hyper surrealism, like it wasn't 
uh, not everything was quite believable. Like that's the reason why Spider-Man was such an impact to so many people was yeah. it was the first time where almost everything other than the superhero part was a hype, like really can like everyone could connect with that. Right. Like that's why that was such like, you know, I, I think Spider-Man's the number one favorite comic. Then it's Batman and, you know, and, and then Superman. I think it's like, it's either that or I think Superman, Batman switch back and forth. But Spider-Man's like the number one favorite comic in the world. And it's because he's like the most relatable. It's yeah, like the coolest cool. thing. And yeah. so like, hey, yeah, it's cool to hear that. Yeah. That's what we try to go for um, with our books. Um, I, like, I want Spider-Man to win because I care about Peter Parker and I know, Peter Parker has a crappy life and he, he never gets any wins and uh, he's always struggling. So we want, like, I either want you to love Hotshot or hate Hotshot. Like, I want you to want him to get his ass kicked or I want you to want him to see him win. Um, but in order to make that happen, you know, we've got to put in these beats that are relatable uh, for the character that, you know, you will be able to say, oh, I've been there. I know. And you know, even you can even pass judgment like, oh, I don't like that decision that he made in that situation. I wouldn't have done that. You know, whatever we can do to pull you into the book that gets you to have some type of buy-in to follow this character. Yeah, that's excellent because like that—that that, that is something that so many people. I, I, I hate when people are like, oh, who's this story for? This comic for? This product for? This service for? Like, oh, it's for everybody. It's like then no. No one's gonna buy it, right? Like you, you need something that has a little polarization. You need something that. Because you can't love something if someone else can't equivalently hate that something, right? Like it, it needs it needs to be something unique enough that it pulls you in. And so I love the fact that you're like, I intentionally I want it to like, you know, you're like, yeah, that's what I would have done. Oh, I feel bad for him. Or like, oh, what an idiot! Like, why would he do that? I would never do that. Like, that's you know, that's awesome. What what's what's is there any so of the decisions that you have the character make throughout the series? Is there anything that you put in there that you specifically know that you wouldn't have done, but you think like almost like on purpose to like bother the audience, like to try to get him? Is there some decision along his journey throughout these uh, 12 comics that like you're like, I wouldn't have done this, but I'm going to make him do it anyways? Um, well, Hot Shot's kind of loosely based off of my life in college. So all of the shitty decisions I've done. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Yeah, do uh, other than um, Hotshot himself, like the characters out uh, around that, uh, do they are they based off of anyone, whether like uh, closely or loosely? Uh, yeah, some of like um, like I said, it is based off of my college experience. So people that I've uh, grown, you know, had friendships and stuff with in college there and there. Um, Victor Dandridge, who is my brother, who I met in college. We start off as mortal enemies in the book. Uh, we're both competing for uh, leadership of the comic book club. And um, because I'm so absent from all the meetings because of being a superhero, Victor's able to slide in there and um, change everybody's mind and put him in charge uh, of the comic book group. Um, my, my brother Ren is in there. And uh, I have a scene in here where he just likes to argue because that's what he did in college. Is just He just argued about how he hated Batman. So we have Ratman in there. And uh, how, he, you know, he makes fun of Ratman because all he does is play with little boys and it doesn't make any sense uh, in what he's doing. And, like, they're getting into an argument about how Ratman could take uh, our version of, of Superman is like he would die. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, My mom is in it. Um, I eventually plan everyone that has been, you know, an effect in my life. I plan to have them in there at some point. 
um, throughout the book. We have it planned and scheduled for 100 issues. Oh, that's awesome. That's very cool. That's very rare, too. A lot of people don't have that many issues thought out. Like, Greg's, Greg, when he started this, like, venture with the comics, like, he's got, like, a thousand-page book that we're trying to turn into comics. <laughs> so, like, that's very rare to see somebody, like, with a hundred issues kind of pre-planned. That's awesome. Um, I was thinking other things. Oh, the other thing I was thinking of, other than, like, the positive influences you like, do you have anyone who you have in there that you didn't like and like that you don't like that you put into the story on purpose. Oh yeah, one of the main villains um, is based off of a dude that kicked my ass in high school. Um, I feel like he was an appropriate person to do that because he kicks Hot Shots' ass in the first like two issues, like very terribly. It's it's horrible. But um, yeah. So I mean, I've, yeah, I've got tons of people in there whether I like them or or dislike them because um, you. You know, that's that's uh, the foes of my life, and I find it easier to write about, you know, the experiences that I've experienced versus, you know, just making up stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, our flagship title, uh, Seer Chronicles, is like how things all connect into that. Uh, mm -hmm. There is a character in there that was almost like a throwaway character, and it was based off of a person that I used to be friends with, and then he became stupid so <laughs> I, I didn't uh like him anymore so i like killed his character off like pretty quickly and then we actually started to like the character as we're like creating the character in the comic and dylan's like we should keep this guy around i was like okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's interesting because like we went from um <clears throat> he was gonna be uh like a really big threat and then basically get eliminated really quickly and I'm like, uh, you know, the, the Joker movie yeah. and, you know, other like, like even Gotham, like the show, I, I, I love the focus around. Um, and actually, there's a podcast I was listening to that talked about this. One of my favorite villains, and I never thought about it till like uh, this person brought it up, but he really is one of my favorite villains is Mr. Freeze. And one of the reasons why is like of all the villains, like, you know, the Joker is just a psychopath, right? The Riddler, like, he kind of has some, like, slightly tragic beginning, but he's really just a psychopath. But Mr. Freeze was a doctor whose wife was going to die, and he would do absolutely anything to save her, and he didn't care what got in his way. And that makes, like, a relatable villain. Like, you know, because you know, like, the thing is, like, he hurt other people along the way. He's hurting other people's wives and children along the way. But the whole point was, like, that was something that people can understand, like, what that drive is. Like, to have somebody um, have somebody who is so hurt in their life and they're trying their best to help someone in their life. Like, Sandman's another great example. Like, in Spider-Man, Sandman, like, you know, he's trying to, you know, he's trying to protect his kid. And he just ends up getting, uh, you know messed up and turned into Sandman, right? And right. so, like, I love those types of stories, and that's kind of what happened with our character. Like, as we were developing him, I'm like, he's not really going to be that interesting if he just dies off now. He's just going to be this character that was kind of, like, in the way. And so, we're like, we need to build him out a little more. And as we built him out, he became more and more interesting. I'm like, ah, oh, like, I kind of want to show, like, this tortured soul a little longer. Like, it's interesting to see that character development from the bad guy's perspective uh you know and so like I, I was gonna ask like you know you have uh some of the villains in your story and you mentioned like it was some guy that beat you up uh you know like is there as you're creating that character do you have any um i don't know like things like that like do you go into their backstory a little bit like try to figure out like why they're the bad guy oh absolutely um we have 
you have to have those villains in the book that are just evil to be evil because evil is evil. Um, you have yeah. to have people that have their own, you know, need thought out deep re um, reason why they are doing what they're doing, and they'll, you know, they'll do it for whatever reason. Um, then you have those people who aren't evil who just felt like they have no options and they're they're in a situation where they have to do something bad, um, you know, to get where they need to get or whatnot. Um, those are uh, you have to have that variety uh, in the books that you have going on. Absolutely, it's like it was a cat girl, Mister Freeze, Joker. Like you got to have those those, those different uh, <laughs> or Catwoman, right? Yeah, Catwoman, yeah. Joker, and uh, Mister Freeze are like great examples of that. Where you have the the person who's just evil, the person who does it because they think they have to, and the person who does it because of a tortured, you know, something else that's bad that's happening. Yeah, one of our characters is a villain. His name is Ripple. He's like this. 70-year-old kid who has uh, interdimensional powers that he can teleport, but he can't control them. He inherited that ability from his dad, and his dad disappeared in the Zero event. So he's trying to find his dad, but in finding his dad, he can't control his powers. He's causing havoc. He's letting other things from other dimensions into our world, and you know he, he cares about that, but he cares about finding his father more, which turns him into um, a problem that has to be stopped. And you know, he's not trying to be a villain. He's not out to conquer the world. He just wants to find his dad, and he's going about it the wrong way. Yeah, See, I, lo I love those stories. Those, those those, are definitely the best. Nice. What else we got in here? I'm looking at have a uh, multiverse of some kind. Um, we have not uh, – we haven't delved into the multiverse. We've just uh, opened up the doors to uh, other dimensions or whatever. Uh, so we haven't dealt with parallel versions of the characters yet. Um, we're trying to find and have a solid reason for us to be able to have crossovers with other characters and other yeah. books um, that we like or whatnot. So uh, we, there is a multiverse out there for us. We just have not come across it yet. Okay. That's cool. Nice. So we don't technically have multiverse because we don't have like copies of a different of of a character so like there's only one of a certain character there's not going to be like spider-man 2099 or anything so. <laughs> yeah we talking about that in a different episode yeah. about uh spider-man 2099 and then do you actually uh, I, I feel like so few people even know this character do you know about the cosmic spider-man yep the one that's like he literally absorbs cosmic radiation and is like the most like i think he's like the most powerful thing in like the universe like he's absolutely insanely powerful yep. um yeah the, the only, i remember getting introduced to him from uh i want to say it was the like the, the first major spider-man video game for playstation one and you could like unlock all the different uh like oh, yeah. yeah i love that one and like that was like the coolest one uh because it was like this like all white uniform with like the blue and red mask um but, yeah no, I, I love that one yeah no the way the way we built our our universe out essentially was uh, having it so that other people's comic books could technically be within a the like the multiverse of our world as long as they follow certain like you know certain rules they're not they're not very restricted but essentially the way we made it was each comic universe can be connected to each other based on their you know maybe their their heaven or hell or their nether realm or their magic world like whatever whatever thing isn't their earth right like whatever thing isn't their uh, main place, and then essentially we have uh, the ability to open gateways between those places. So, like you know, yeah, which is cool because it, it eliminates 
like we, we basically didn't want it so that you know we kill off you know peter parker and then all of a sudden we're like oh he actually was alive in a different universe and now he's over here right and then we can change the whole story um and so we didn't want to be able to do that we want to be able to have characters that you really like and all of a sudden they're dead and that's it and it sucks like very like game of thrones like honestly like it's like i love that concept of like you know, taking a character that you're like, this guy's awesome. He's going to be there till the, oh my God, he's gone. Like, <laughs> like you, you don't even get to like finish falling in love with him before he disappears. Um, and I, I really like that idea because it, it, I think it keeps you in the story. Like, what are they going to do next? Like what's, what's happening? And so, we, but we still wanted this possibility to connect with other um like like doing uh, what's it called crossover comics, but we didn't want it so they could just easily get into our universe because then like that kind of breaks a bunch of things. Like uh, I, I don't know if you've seen like the 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 DC uh, the Arrow Flash verse where yeah. like uh, Supergirls in like a different universe, but like they kind of can get access to her whenever they need her. And I feel like you know like there's certain times where like hey maybe this is the time where you bring her over. This would have solved your problem real quick. Um, so we, we didn't want that. So we made it so that it's difficult and we actually just worked out like a, a plan with one of our other creators where part of that whole connection of universes actually starts with their universe. And then it basically goes into our universe and that's what gives everyone this access through this. Uh, so in our universe, our, our like magic realm is called the Noctum realm. And that's where all this like dark energy comes from. And in that realm, that's where people can access it. And then from that, then they can get to our world. Uh-huh. Right, so they have to be able to get into the Noctum realm first, and then from that they can enter our world, and then that opens up the the floodgates to anyone that can do that. So it's kind of interesting, like even when you say like a character can like you know teleport through dimensions, like that's kind of like the idea. We have this like uh, dark world for that reason. It's kind of cool. Oh, super <laughs> creative, man. I, I would have never thought of anything like that. I like how you guys came up with that process. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I think the only reason we came up with it too was that I think somebody started asking us about potential crossover stuff, and we had already decided like we weren't doing multiverse. We don't even have like a heaven or hell because we didn't even want it where like you could die and then go someplace and then come back. Like you know, we we didn't want any of that. So like we don't even have like religion in our universe. We just got rid of all of those obstacles and just have a a magical realm. Um, and then with that in mind, somebody was asking about that. We're like, how could we do that? And that's how we like came up with that. <laughs> yeah, so it was very, very random. Well, that's, I mean, that's how a lot of problems get solved or a lot of questions get answered. You don't think about those things until somebody else brings it up or until you have a storyline where you need to think about it and figure out how it's going to go. Yeah. Have, have, you ever, have you ever considered doing uh, crossovers with other creators? Um, you know, like doing like, you know, like even Marvel and DC have done it, you know, where they've done like comic book clashes. Is there any creators? So first off, have you ever considered it? And if you have considered it, are there any particular creators out there that you would love to see your characters like in their in their comics or vice versa? You'd like to see their characters in yours? Oh, well, I guess I lied earlier when I said that. Um, we haven't touched on the multiverse because that's one of the things we did. We did uh, like we wanted to cross over with Fourth Wall Productions, and um, Fourth Wall Productions that's a cool name. <laughs> um, and we have two of their characters in our fantasy book, but they're variants of of their characters, so they get to exist in our world and we get to play with them. I mean, of course, with the creator's permission on what we do with them and things like that. Um, but they get to be involved in it. And then we uh, we want to work with you know, uh, unlike a Hero Studios. Uh, they have a incredible superhero book called Super. That's ridiculous. What was the name of that studio? Unlikely Hero Studio. 
think I've heard of that one before. Oh, yeah, they make a lot of good stuff, man. They make a ton of good books. And none of their book is like this, the previous same book before. And then there is uh, Concrete Comics we would like to cross over with as well. They have some really good characters. Um, dude, there's so many uh, studios. We crossed over crossover Advantage in-house productions. We did um, that crossover was kind of funny because it was just uh, me and Victor drawing our characters fighting each other online virtually for a whole week. And then realizing <laughs> that we have... 24 pages for a comic book that we can put together. And so it's called Scribble War. Um, Scribble War. That's awesome. And we did two comic pages inside of all of our books to show like their characters were coming over into our world or whatnot and gave it a reason for why it happened. But nobody remembers it because the world got reset after the fight or whatnot. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a lot of characters that we want to cross and mix and mingle with. That's cool. <laughs> I like that scribble war idea. I also like that it resets. It kind of reminds me of uh, like the Nordic mythology of uh, what is it, Thor fighting the the giant snake, and he hits him back in time, and like basically it resets everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. That's cool. I like that. That is cool. I was gonna say um, <clears throat> you were mentioning Spider Man as an influence. Uh, what's um. Because this is just something that I, I've noticed. Like a, every story can go back to some ancient story. Like the the Odyssey basically covers everything. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's one of those things that it's like a super old story. Is there anything um, that is there any older uh, like like for example like I love Greek things. So like uh, when we go to do uh, like a language in one of our stories, we're using like a combination of Latin and like then I also like Japanese culture so uh, we want to combine characters from like Japanese and Latin characters uh, you know to make our own language for this uh, cult that we have in our universe and I'm curious if there's like uh, is there something um, outside of comics that highly inspires you for your works like is it something like anything in the Greek or the Nordic or the you know Japanese the Chinese cultures like anything like that that like really because you mentioned Naruto so I'm curious if like anime or Japanese um, you know, artwork inspires anything like that? Oh, uh, well, I'm super, super inspired by Samurai. Um, Samurai and Lord of the Rings. Uh, so that has a big influence on our story, Emerald Quest. Um, you know, as far as, like, not the stories that we're trying to make now, or we're opening up the doors to, to, you know, to bigger things or, you know, a variety of ideas. Like I said, those questions don't come up until, like, you actually face those questions. And it's like, well, what do we do here? Or how do we bring this up? And on, I've seen the limits of myself as a creator, and, I, and I've reached out to other creators to network and, and work with them on coming up with some more characters. Like one of our um, villains that is, that's coming our way, his name is Manifest, and, and I worked with uh, my uh, Danny Cooper, who's editor in chief of Freestyle Comics, my brother, as well. And um, and you know we have Robert Jeffrey writing it. Um, you know, Tony Clapper helped, you know, build, help build up the lore and back history of the character. Um, I just provided kind of like the idea and the mentality of what this character is at now presently. And, you know, um, you know, whatever we have to do to make sure that we have like a kick-ass, well-thought-out, thorough character is like, that's kind of like at the point to where we are right now. Like, well, you know, if we, we have to bring in somebody else who has a clear, you know, uh, you know, outside of our box, thinking then yeah that's what we want to do 
That's cool. That's kind of how uh, Greg and I actually work. Like Greg's the idea generator, and then I kind of help like refine the world. Like that's kind of, like that's what happened with that character we mentioned earlier, where he was like, "All right, here's the character. Here's like his general powers, how he gets, and that kind of thing." I'm like, "All right, let's like really develop this, and let's try to figure out, you know, what his journey is. Like, what's his actual whole story? Where is he from? Why is he here? All those types of things. I, I love trying to figure out. Um, I, I love world building. Like that's something." That Greg and I uh, have you ever heard of uh, Notion, like the software? Mm-mm. It, it's like uh, you know Evernote, like that note taking app. Okay. It's kind of like that, except it has databases in it, and so we essentially have like an entire database of characters where it's a set, it looks like an Excel sheet, like a, a table, but you can click on each of the people. It'll have a bunch of the the Excel sheet itself is like the metadata, so maybe like their height, weight, like based up. But when you click on them, then you can write a whole story in there if you want to. It's just an item. So like the way a database, like the way a typical database works, it's just like a table, but each item has its own information inside of it. So we can then like interconnect people. So like uh, we had mentioned that our universe, we we decided to have it so that the birth of our universe was from actually another comic creator. That something that happened in their universe basically birthed uh, all of the universes. And so with that in mind, uh, we then created a character that we already had. And now we actually are making it this thing that came from his world and then it started our Noctum realm, right? And so now I can actually link those characters in this database and say, this is how they're all connected. And so it's like, it's like such a cool thing. I highly recommend Notion's totally free, by the way. Like, you know, I, I just have an account and I share uh, the page with Greg and then Greg and I can just write in it. Um, you know, th- there's like paid versions of it, uh, but like completely unnecessary. You can, um, you can link files in it without having to upload files. Like you can, Put stuff in Google Drive and then link that into the into uh, Notion. Really, like, it's it's I, I'll let you know. I use that every single day of my life. I use it for personal stuff. I use it, use it for my business. Like if I can, yeah, there you go. If I can ever get, um, if I can ever get these guys to sponsor us, I I you know I, I would love this. Like if, if these guys were, I don't know if these are publicly traded. If they were, I think I'd be buying their stock. Like these, like I like absolutely love this software. I use it for everything. Um, I build databases out for my music businesses. Um, you know, I, I, that's why I started with the comic stuff. We, we keep track of like opportunities in there, business ventures. Uh, right now we're working on building out our platform. We have a database of like different plugins we want to buy, uh, how much they cost, whether they're once or annually or monthly, all that type of stuff. It's super, super, super helpful. Um, but anyways, uh, why was it bringing that up? Um, oh, we're talking about, yeah, I totally like tangent from that. I love notions. You know, I get like sidetracked by it. Um, Dang, what were we just bringing out? The character building? World building. World building. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh, the world building. Yeah, so basically that was the whole thing. It's like, so Greg came up with all these characters. It, it's really weird. Like, I, I, Greg and I have talked about this. Like, I'm not, like, the idea generator, but if you give me an idea, I'll make it awesome. Like, I just need, like, oh, yeah. You, you, yeah, so, like, it's really cool just the way that Greg and I work, and it sounds like that's how you said he's your brother. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. Greg and I work the same way. Like, we randomly text each other stuff, and then, like, the other person carries it. Um, the rest of the way or whatnot, or, you know, we'll just sit on the phone or video chat and we'll, we'll talk it out for a couple of hours. Um, so like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I'd recommend checking out notion then because you guys can both like just share uh, a page on there and then you get connected and you can add pages within pages within pages. Uh, and it has like the, the other, like, unless you upload something to the software, there's no data cap on it. And it's online. There's like a web app, a mobile app, and a uh, desktop app. So you can like download it on your computer, use it in a browser, or download an app. 
and yeah. it's all connected. It's it's yeah, it's absolutely incredible. Um, but uh, yeah, so actually now now my question would be is how do you keep track of stuff now? Like, do you use like Google Drive? Like, what do you, what do you guys use to like collect all the information when you're working on stuff? Because like I'm assuming you guys aren't using like the same computer. You guys are communicating. Uh, you know, you know, text message, email, all that stuff. What What's the way that you like keep all of your content together? Uh, Google Drive. Yeah. <laughs> Google Docs and stuff like that. And uh, we have a couple Facebook groups that are secret groups where we communicate with everybody that we're working with on, on projects and stuff like that, but mainly Google Drive. That's cool. I never thought about doing the Facebook groups for comic creation. Like we have that, like we have a couple of Facebook groups for, um just like connecting people but like that's actually a cool idea creating like a like a secret facebook group just for a particular comic project and then you can upload photos and see everything like as it's getting worked on without you know it's like building out a feed on facebook that's pretty cool i like that yeah well we figured everybody like we figured everybody's on social media anyway so we might as well use it for for that yeah i'm writing that one down actually like that's that's like one of those ones where um like that's a like for any of the comic creators out there that don't have a method, that is a really cool method. I really do like that idea because like everyone everyone that can get Google like the workspace is great, but communicating back and forth with emails, text, like so like what we what we want to eventually try to use is we have Discord, um, and we have like our we have our group chat there. But Discord still has like limits to stuff. But again, Facebook, it's unlimited. Like, yeah, they got your data and they'll try to sell you stuff. But, you know, <laughs> like it's super helpful. Like that's the whole point of it. So now I, re I really like that idea of the Facebook groups. I kind of want to do that now. <laughs> it's extremely helpful because I can create chat. I create chats for each one of our books. Um, then I have, you know, a management chat. I have a full team chat. I have a cosplay chat. Each, each book has its own chat so I can communicate right directly with the teams and, you know, get that information immediately to them. And now all that stuff everybody has, well, not everybody, but the most, most people have Facebook on their phone. So. Yeah. When you say chats, do you mean like inside the group, there's like different discussion boards or what do you mean by chats? Oh, uh, just like a, a regular Facebook chat. I turn them into, um, you know, FSK group chats. Oh, like the messenger chats, like just group chat. I got you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. It, it is funny. Everybody has Facebook and if, even, even if they don't have it on their phone, it's still like, you know, they'll get to it eventually. <laughs> That's cool. Um, is, yeah, is there anything else that uh, you want to shout out that like you're, you're thinking uh, you want to share to the world and up and coming stuff, stuff that you haven't told anybody that secret, that's going to be like a Sunova exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we'll be in Cleveland next weekend for fan expo Cleveland. Um, I don't have my nice. table number yet. I'm hoping to get there here in the next couple of days. Uh, so we will be there. We'll be fully stocked on all of our books and whatnot. Um, Spider Squirrel number three is dropping May 20th um, for Kickstarter, two-week Kickstarter. Um, and that book was created by Charlie McElvey. He's, he's a part of FSK. Uh, June, um, we're changing up our, our release schedule. Um, we, are, we were doing Emerald Quest number two next. But we are doing Emerald Quest issue two and three in a double size Kickstarter. Um, Hotshot is getting moved to the end of November, and we're doing Hotshot 12 and 13 in a double size Kickstarter. Um, Vigilance will get her first trade in January 2023, uh, along with Heroes International. They'll be in a, two, a double Kickstarter as well. Um, so those are a couple of exclusives we haven't announced to anybody yet. Nice. Very cool. We got some insider stuff. <laughs> nice. 
Awesome. Well, actually, so I actually do have other questions I want to ask in a second, but what I want to do is, and Greg, we can do this later. I want to, I want to be able to slice this here and put oh. this in the, in, in our Nova nation exclusive. So we have a, a platform we're building on our uh, website and we can keep this in the podcast. Uh, we have a platform that we have on our website called Nova nation. And the whole idea is, is basically like Patreon, but we built it into our own website oh. and people can sign up. It's four ninety nine a month. So it's like the cost of a single comic. Uh, per month and basically they'll get access to behind the scenes work so it could be unreleased comics uh, you know the pencils inks and colors of a comic before they're finished um, you know or even after they're finished you can just see the behind the scenes concept art we have a video game and development all that kind of cool stuff but one of the things that we want to also start doing is doing some exclusive podcasting so that's what I want to do with this so